When Kate was eight years old, she had a beef with another kid named Ellen. And she listed the reasons why in her diary. I hate to say this, but I hate Ellen. Now, the reason why I said I hated Ellen was because she's a dirty, rotten, horrible, terrible, bad, mean, foolish, selfish, awful, not so cool, self-centered, careless, harmful, ugly, warty, dumb, stupid, weird, not smart, turkey-brained, poopedic, cuckoo, crazy, psycho, hyper, nerdy, creepy, jerky, geeky, ugly tooth, unpopular, loner that's confiscated, outdated, out of style, nincompoop, loser. That's Kate reading an incredibly harsh burn against a girl named Ellen. I'm Dan Meisner, and this... This is Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote As Kids. Hello, Vancouver! It is very, very nice to see you. This is a show where we go back in time to remember the good, the bad, and the awkward parts of growing up. This time, recorded live in Vancouver, B.C., we have an almost first kiss, a morality tale written by an eight-year-old, and a letter to royalty. This stuff is weird, it is wonderful, and it could be a great way to get in touch with the hyper-nerdy, creepy, jerky, geeky, ugly-toothed, unpopular loner inside all of us. So think about who you were when you were a kid, and stick around. When Heidi was 17, she had a month-long relationship with a guy named Cliff. And in her diary, Heidi documented what she now calls the roller coaster of emotions that played out in their relationship. Now, a quick heads up, Heidi's diary entries do contain some cuss words, which we do not bleep, and she also acknowledges the existence of sex. Okay, there's your heads up. Live on stage in Vancouver, here's Heidi. Cliff's coming over. To kiss him or not, that is my question. The answer was yes. Wow. So, I'm beginning to think I'm a slut, or I have slutty boobs. I always intend to keep things above the neck, but Yuki and Gogo always manage to find their way out. So yeah, Cliff and I made out this morning, and then he nibbled my ears and felt me up this night when we hung out again. And I didn't mean to, but I got so horny, and I like him so much. But I'm so flighty. I'm still waiting for an exciting louver. I am a hooch. Love, Heidi. November 27th. Oh, fuck. Guess what I did? Besides let Cliff dry hump my legs, I let him be my boyfriend. I'm so fucking stupid, I know. Shit. He hasn't felt depressed for about a month now, a change which he credits to me. Holy cow, I feel like I have a lot of responsibility with this relationship now. Like, breaking up with him would literally kill him, and it would be my fault. Ah, my homie Whitney came over today. She busts me up. Peace out, homie. Love, bad Heidi. December 5th. So, Cliff called me last night at some very specific hour and minute to tell me happy one-week anniversary, or some shit like that. (laughs) No, it really was quite sweet. I always wanted some boy to be head over heels for me like that. I just always hoped I'd feel the same way, and he'd have a bigger knob. My gosh, I am absolutely horrible. I should be taken out back and shot. 
December 23rd. So Cliff is making us dinner tonight. I hope it's a breakout dinner. I heard a few rumors that the new car smell has worn off for him. Love, Heidi Faye. December 24th, Christmas Eve day, 12.30 a.m. Did baby Jesus die so Cliff could eat me out? <laughs> Probably not. I feel dirty and gross. I mean, yeah, it felt good, but now I feel yucky. <laughs> January 1st, 2006. So I did it. I dumped Cliff. After all my fretting and worrying, I did it and it went smoothly. After I spent 45 minutes working up the courage, I finally made like this weird analogy about, well, this is kind of what I said. Have you ever gotten like a sweater from someone for Christmas? And like you actually really like the sweater and you are so excited, but then it just doesn't fit. And even though you liked it, you just can't grow into it. Cliff, I think you're that sweater. <laughs> I like you a lot, but just not as much as I want to. And he was just cool about it. He was all, I understand, I kind of expected it. Yeah, kind of anticlimactic. But I feel super good about myself and my love life. Liberation! <laughs> January 2nd, 2006. On second thought, I'm kind of disappointed he wasn't very sad about it. <laughs> He even said it was freeing. Motherfucker. I was more emotional than he was. That is so not fair. Oh well, mom promised that if I did break up with him, she'd buy me a pint of Ben and Jerry's. So that's a good thing. Love, Heidi. If I could go back and give 17-year-old Heidi some advice about love, sex, and relationships, I'd tell her I was proud of her. She was working really hard at establishing her own boundaries and making good decisions for herself, even though I'm not sure she was aware that was what she was doing. Uh, figuring out these things was really messy and awkward, but it was also kind of wonderful. I would tell her to worry less about the mess and focus more on enjoying the experiences. And most importantly, every awkward breakup, every awesome time that you respected yourself enough to set meaningful boundaries, or every time you have your heart broken, it's all worth it. And eventually, you'll meet someone special and be glad that you've got the super awkward sweater metaphors and all that good stuff out of the way early on. Some kids write letters to their friends, or they write letters to their relatives, or pen pals, people far away. But our next reader, Elena, well, she wrote to a different kind of person. Dear Will, <laughs> or Your Highness, I think. That's right. When Elena was 14, she wrote a letter to Prince William, heir to the throne of England. And as you'll hear, Elena didn't bother much with formalities in her letter. Hello, what's up? <laughs> you probably want to know who this is. 
My name is Elena Christine Toes. I'm 14 and turning 15 October 24th, 1998. So, what is your full name? I don't even know your last name. Is it Windsor? Well, anyway, how are you? Do you really like it, being in that castle? If you really do, live in there. Oh yeah, I'm from Abbotsford, BC. 45 minutes from Vancouver. You and your brother and your dad went to Whistler a couple weeks ago. I saw you on TV with all those girls saying they'll never wash their hands again. Ha ha. That was funny. You must have been embarrassed or something. Do you have to go to lots of boring things like listening to speakers at a dinner or something? If your dad or something doesn't let you go out to a movie or something, why not? Will you be swarmed with people taking pictures? Are you 16 or 17? Is your bro 12? I really felt sorry for him when no girls yelled out his name when you came to Vancouver. (laughs) Everyone just yelled out, William, oh William, I love you, blah, blah, blah. I hope you get this letter. Are you allowed to get letters? Don't ask me, I'm sorry, I don't know Jack. Do you have an English accent? Guess what? I'm going to Paris on August 2nd, and guess what plane my family is taking? Air Transat. (laughs) Sucky, huh? That's the worst airline. Well, since I mentioned my family, I guess I have to introduce them. My dad, mom, sisters, Lair and Karina. Do you have any pets? I have a white cat named Samantha. She's so cute. Do you go to private school? That must suck. Does that mean you don't have dances? I love dancing. My school has a Halloween dance, and a Christmas dance, a Valentine's dance, and a last dance. They're so much fun. I wonder if you have enough time to write me back. Are you, like, really seriously busy? I, I really want you to write me back. Well, I hope I talk to you later. Bye. Love, Elena, with a heart. P.S. I'm not one of those psycho girls crazy about you, but you are cute, smiley face. Thank you. Some kids write short stories that are completely original, with characters and storylines and plot twists that have never been heard before. But other times, kids copy, shamelessly. When our next reader, Cam, was eight, he wrote a short story called Nuts for Nuts, and he freely admits that it's a pretty shameless ripoff of a classic fable. Please welcome to our stage, Cam. Once upon a time, there was a boy who was, quote, nuts for nuts, unquote. One day, he had a glance of a pitcher of nuts. 
He gazed hungrily at the non-food group goodness. Eventually, he couldn't resist. He ferociously attacked that pitcher full of nutcracking fun. His fist crashed into the pitcher of fun, fun, fun. Footnote one. I believe that you are fed up with all of these whatchamacallit words. After his mouth flooded the earth with saliva, Footnote two, from his mouth, which was ready to chomp any second, he found out that his hand was stuck. Unwilling to let go of a heck of a lot of goodness, he collapsed into tears. Just then, a man, footnote three, who was dressed in middle-aged and looked like King Arthur, saw him crying and exclaimed, why thy crying? Footnote four, which translated means, why are you crying? <laughs> the boy whined, huh, oh, I'm stuck. That said, King Arthur thought, thou must taketh few to set thy hand free. Thou must giveth up a tad to getteth what thou wish. The man shook his head, then vanished. The end. Some of you may have recognized the plagiarism there. Our next reader, Amy, brought along a series of journal entries written when she was 10 and 11, and they cover a wide range of subjects that mattered most when she was that age. Friendship, sleepovers, and boys. Live on stage in Vancouver, here's Amy. Dear Diary, today Jolene, my best friend from nursery school, needed the toilet, so she did it on Mrs. Reed's floor. (laughs) Angela moved to New Zealand, and Jenny beat me in class, not physically. Also, we have to move because Mom's work is closing down. 5th of August, 1996. Jolene has invited me to a sleepover party. There will be boys there. But my mom doesn't exactly trust me, if you know what I mean. I'm only 11 years old, for gosh sakes. Amy. 20th of December, 1996. Dear Diary, I can't wait for Christmas. I have secretly seen all my presents. (laughs) Have I ever mentioned anything about myself or my family? Well, I have 21 cousins, eight aunts, and Lord knows how many uncles. Some of my relatives live in Canada, and some live in England. Most of my cousins are nice, but they're all really mean. (laughs) 16th of April, 1997. Jenny, Susan, Yashmi, Zakia, and I start in a club called The Stallions. Jolene, Danny, Laura, and Lydia started a dumb club called The Little Dinkies. (laughs) P.S. Mom got married. Mechanoreceptor, a sensory receptor that responds to touch and sound stimuli, increasing my vocab. 
Just came back from Joe's slumber party as usual. I had a blast. Guests, me, of course. Marcel, Graham, Ryan, and no Lydia. It was partly fun because we had sleeping bag wrestling. Jogging at 3.30 a.m., truth or dare, and spin the bottle. And also partly fun because Joe's brother was making an effort to bash into me and fall in my lap and sit next to me. I think he's cute, and I kind of like him and this guy named Olivier. He's really funny, and he's very sarcastic. I don't know if these guys are just special or if I'm just desperate because I'm in an all-girls school. Oh, well. (laughs) Pestilent, harmful, deadly, destructive, troublesome, annoying to life. Ciao, Amy. And then at the very back, I have 1996. Here are some facts. Mom's name, Nadine, occupation midwife. Dad's name, Yun, occupation paramedic. Brother's name, Tyron. Hair color brown, eye color green, country South Africa, religion, Christian, best friend, Jolene. (laughs) 2001, updated facts. Mom's name, Nadine. Dad's name, Yun. Religion, atheist. (laughs) Favorite bands, Metallica, Placebo, The Smashing Pumpkins, Nirvana, and The Offspring. (laughs) Best friend, Satan. (laughs) Just kidding, it's probably Jenny. (laughs) Thank you. Joining us on stage right now, Jessica's going to read a series of diary entries written in grade nine. These are, in her own words, steamy spring break diary entries that describe, among other things, her almost first kiss. Please welcome to our stage, Jessica. Now, a quick heads up, Jessica's steamy spring break diary entries also include some cuss words, which we do not bleep. There's your heads up. Here's Jessica. March 30th, Thursday, 5.09 p.m. The title is Forbidden Love. We've been in Fairmont since Monday, and it's kind of like heaven. Hot springs every day, and sleep, and food. Smiley face. Yesterday, we met two girls, Jocelyn and Kim, and three guys. Michal, uh, I forget the other guys' names. Probably because I only like Michal. He's Polish and really, really hot. Tonight, we're going to the waterfall with them. They want to get drunk, but I'm not going to, I don't think. After seeing my mother drunk once, it's scary. I guess it's good that I saw her drunk so that I don't make the same mistake. I don't need to degrade myself like that. And I still really want Carson. Ugh. I like Michal, but Carson is still number one in my books. Ha. The computer geek wins even over the foreign hottie. Something about tonight seems really wrong. I hope I don't do anything too stupid. I don't think I will, but you never know. I'll write later tonight to give the details, because I know I'll want them on paper. And um, on the back of this entry is the Bacardi cooler lid from that evening. Later that evening, titled, Listen to Your Heart. 
fuck you, Jessica. That is absolutely all that I have to say for myself at this point in time. How could I be so stupid? I had a bad feeling before we went, and I should have listened to it. I didn't do anything that stupid, but I sure as hell feel like shit. We got there at seven o'clock. Eric was waiting. There was no sign of the other guys or girls. So we went to the falls, the three of us. It was all right. He was a pretty cool slash nice guy. We swam around for a bit, and then the other guys showed up. I was immediately very attracted to Michal. For the longest while, we really didn't do anything. The water was really fucking cold. I still am. Since it was so cold, I started moving closer to Michal, and he held on to me. Now, that wasn't that bad, cuddling with a really hot guy. But then he started asking me gross questions and trying to make out with me. I'm frigid, and I was thinking about Carson the entire time. I almost started crying. I broke off from him and told Bree I wanted to leave. This was at about 10 o'clock when the warm water came down. Michal had been hugging slash holding me for about half an hour at least. We left telling them that we had to check in with her dad, which we did. It was cold and dark, so we couldn't tell which clothes were ours, and we left without my pants, shirts, and sweater. <laughs> we had one towel. We waited in the cold for 15 minutes in swimsuits. Fuck this shit. Am I a slut? I feel like shit. April 1st, titled Sweet Dreams. Screw you, PMS, because that's probably the only thing that made me feel bad. And now I'm without a shirt and really want to see Michal again. Like, really badly. We went back to the waterfall today. I realized that night I was actually really, really quite romantic, despite what I wrote before. Maybe the most romantic night that will happen to me in my life. And I turned away from it. I mean, we were in a crystal clear waterfall at night, the stars were out and we were all alone. What I said about him before makes him sound really mean and like a horrible person, but he wasn't. Whenever I turned away, he would stop what he was doing. I wonder if he really liked me. If he did, I bet he doesn't anymore. God, I should have just kissed him. It isn't like I'll ever get someone that hot ever again. And since I doubt I'll ever see him again in my life, I might as well describe him in here. If we see them again, it'll probably be a fluke and I doubt I'll get a picture. He had a defined bone structure, dark, curly brown hair, well, wavy, and big dark eyes, as well as a super hot bod. What was I thinking? Ugh, he gave me his email, but I completely forgot it. Smart one. If he remembers mine, he won't spell it right, and I never said anything about the underscore. At least he was a good memory, I guess. Spring break love isn't supposed to last very long anyways. But I don't think I should want him like this. You know what? He did kiss me. He kissed my heart. Michal, if you are out there somewhere, send me an email. That is Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote As Kids. Our show was recorded live at the Biltmore Cabaret in Vancouver and produced by Jenna Meisner. Our music is by Poddington Bear and Lullatone. Special thanks to Steve Mann. This show is supported by ShipStation.ca and by listeners like you. 
To find out how you can support this show directly, visit grownupsreadthingstheywroteaskids.com and click support the show. Our website is also where you can find past episodes of the show, photos of all the readers from our Vancouver event, and it's where you can sign up for our email newsletter. We plan to announce more live events very soon, and if you would like a heads up, now is the time to join the newsletter. One more time, that's grownupsreadthingstheywroteaskids.com or even easier, follow the link in the show notes on your device right now. I'm Dan Meisner. Thanks for listening.